I had caught COVID for the first time January last year and it really sort of got hold of me. I mean, it was that bad without building it up too much. On the Tuesday, I felt that bad. I really didn't think I was going to see the weekend. I thought, if I go sleep, I'm not going to wake up and that's going to be the end. Yeah. And when they say that the life flashes before you, every time I did shut my eyes, I was getting a vision of when I used to go fishing with my dad when I was five or six year old. And that's all I could see every time I went to sleep, like my childhood sort of flashing between my eyes. I managed to sort of get rid of that after a week or two. And it took me 10 weeks before I could actually go out and start running again, but by which time it had already damaged my lungs and I were like sort of su- suffering and just had to basically, it was either stop running or try and get myself back into some sort of condition. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast. This week's episode was recorded live at Northampton Park Run, and our guest was the voice you just heard, Pete Vickers. Now, Pete is a park runner, marathoner, ultra runner, and charity fundraiser who didn't run his first Northampton Park Run until he was 55 years old. He's now run the London Marathon twice, two of three marathons altogether, and a 35 mile ultra. And he's done all that despite suffering from three bouts of COVID, the first of which left him feeling that he might even die, and which still leave him battling with his breathing at times. Along the way he's raised money for a host of charities and made friends at every corner, aid station and finishing line of his many runs. This is my conversation with Pete and I really hope you enjoy it. Pete Vickers, welcome to the Running Tales podcast and we're at Northampton Park Run today which I think is really interesting because that's kind of where your running journey started wasn't it? It is yes, I did my first park run on my 55th birthday and I'd only got intentions of doing one today has been my 157th did you come along and love it from the start or was it why on earth am I doing this running thing no it basically when I used to work on the buses that used to come up here on a Saturday morning I've seen a load of runners on Saturdays when I was driving up and down and one morning I got stuck down what is now called Brian's Corner and I said to the bloke stood over there, which I now know as Brian, I says, what's going on, mate? And he says, Northampton Park Run. And I said, what's that then? He says, just Google it, as you do, and look it up. And I looked it up and I thought, oh, great, I can do one on my 55th birthday. Never done one before. And that's basically the start of history, as I say. Yeah, but it wasn't, or I think at least, it wasn't just that you hadn't done a park run before. You hadn't really done any running before, had you? No, not really. I sort of uh, scrambled up uh, Mount Snowdon. I'd done the Lamberis Path twice, once for cancer research because my mum was diagnosed with cancer, but she's now all clear and that's all sorted. And I did it once after that for dementia, which my father's now got. And that was basically my running entitled running up a mountain twice before I did my first park run. <laughs> oh, it's always a good start to go up the mountains first, isn't it? Yeah. Did, did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy park run straight away? Yes. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, I did the first, like I said, I did the first one and got chatting with a few people and you sort of got more and more involved. And I thought, oh, I'll come and give it a go and have another go. And I come and had another go and 
And like I say, met some brilliant friends like yourself and Michelle and everybody else. And it's just fantastic. The people that you meet that are always supporting you. Nobody puts you down. It's brilliant. Because I know you've gone on and we'll talk about what you've gone on to do. But Park Run's really at the centre of everything. You're now doing, uh, you're now doing your, your regular pacing for people. How good is it to be part of this community? It's absolutely amazing. I mean... My PB's 28.52, I think it is. And pacing 35 minutes, because at 35 minutes, you've got a lot of people that normally don't get encouraged and have somebody to chase, like the 20-plus minutes. Yeah. I've always got, you've always got the paces at 20 to 30 minutes for the faster runners, but you've not really got anybody for the slower ones. I mean, I get great pleasure how the people sort of beat doing a PB at 35 or 34 and things well, like that. Well, 34 today, you were too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Liana said, that I'm still in sort of long-distance mode and just plodded along and didn't take a lot of notice of me watch, basically. <laughs> but, yeah, these things happen. Yeah. You mentioned the, the, the long-distance word there. So you got into your part run and... At that point, at some crazy point, and I'm not quite sure exactly how this happened, so I'll be interested to learn, but you, you, you suddenly started doing a lot of half marathons. Uh, yes, well, basically, it first started, the, I did me, like I said, I did my first park run in April 2017. And then, on, I think it was towards the end of the year, I did a 10k at the race course, round the race course which was my first 10K, because I enjoyed the 5K, and I thought, hmm, let's try a bit further. So I did the, my first 10K, which was that one. Really enjoyed that. And then I saw the 2018, I did a few more 10Ks as well as 5Ks and what have you. And I'd also did the Northampton Half Marathon in 2018. And then over the winter of... 2018, 2019, one of my best mates, Mrs. She's got cystic fibrosis, and she laughing and joking said that how oh, she hates us healthy people and things like that. And I thought, how can I get my own back? And I thought, I oh, know. I got in touch with the cystic fibrosis people, asked if I could do a few half marathons for them and raise some funds for them. They said that would be amazing. Let us know which ones you're doing and sort the kit out and everything for you. Um, I was basically planning on doing sort of three or four throughout the year. And when I'd sat down and looked at all the ones I wanted to do, I was up to about 25, 26 half marathons. And I thought, mm, can't really do that, not just yet. So I managed to narrow it down to 12. And I thought, mm, yeah, some of them are a bit close together. So I narrowed it down. And then in 2019, I did 10 half marathons for cystic fibrosis sort of round and about the local area and that was that yeah and, and how did you find jumping from uh part run i know you did the 10k before up to half marathons and a lot of half marathons particularly and i don't say this to sort of try and do you down but you you know you didn't start running properly till you're 55 so you're not doing it at 25 no um did you did you find that sort of transition quite tough or did the legs just sort of go hey i, I was maybe always meant to do this I quite enjoyed it, actually, and I found it quite relaxing. But the thing was, I didn't set myself too high a target to start with. Yeah. I mean, I worked out my 
me 5k time, which at the time was about 32 minutes, I think my PB was at that time. And I thought, four park runs gives me about two hours, just over two hours. And I thought, add another half hour on. I thought, if I can do half marathon in two and a half hours, I'd be happy. Um, the 10 half, ten half marathons I did in 2019, all of them were between 2 hours 25 and 2 hours 28, which was in the ballpark and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you have a favourite? Uh, not really. I mean, they were all pretty good. I mean, one that springs to mind was the Leamington Spa half marathon, which I did, which was really enjoyable. And uh, the rugby half marathon that I did as well. That had got a nice long hill in it that you <laughs> ran up it twice. But because for some unknown reason I've got disliking for running up and down hills, it was sort of enjoyable and just got a nice steady pace and enjoy it. Yeah, well, we're a bit of a, a, a weird, unusual breed here in Northampton because obviously we're, we're kind of in the, right in the middle of the country uh, and as a general thing, people think it's fairly flat. We're not in the Yorkshire Dales, we're not in Cumbria or anything like that, but it's a sneaky little pace. There are quite a lot of hills and you, you, you end up having to do hills all the way around here, don't you? Yes, I mean, where, where I live, to go on a run, I have to start by going uphill. Yeah. No matter, I've got about five directions I can go and each one involves going uphill yeah so yeah it, it's not really flat but it's yeah. good yeah i see you're wearing your amazing northampton run t-shirt today i've got mine on as well yeah. actually yeah. We're, we're twins today with yeah. that but um I, there was loads of people doing that from outside of northampton who were like i thought this was going to be flat <laughs> what are all these hills about? it was relatively flat if they'd have done it when we had pink hill in it like for the previous four years that i did it yeah it it was flat considering sort of compared to that yes it was really flat yeah for podcast listeners who don't know um uh, northampton pink hill is a, a huge hill which was about on mile seven of the old marathon before they changed the the course route and it's otherwise known as lovely things like bitch hill and things <laughs> like, like that, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's got some not nice names that hill. yeah <laughs> Um, so the half marathons happened and actually I, I just before I move on to your next stage I wanted to mention that you, you say you did that for cystic fibrosis you'd also mentioned you'd done stuff for cancer research and for dementia yeah. I mean you quite often do your um, longer runs your longer challenges for charities don't you how, how important is that to you I get great pleasure out of if I'm going to go and do a run I might as well sort of try and get something out of it I mean it's like I've, like you say, I've done cystic fibrosis. I did, uh, like say, running down dementia, Alzheimer's. I've done Asthma UK. Um, this year, I'm doing brain tumour research for the three half marathons, which I've done two, which was Northampton and Leicester. And then I've got the Milton Keynes winter half on December the 10th, which will be the last one. And my close work colleague who is the one with the brain tumour is hopefully going to be there at the finish to make oh, it extra special. Yeah, that would be lovely to, to, to have them yeah. come home and watch you finish. Yeah, it will be. She, she said that she's going to try and try her hardest together because she lives in Milton Keynes. She need, she doesn't have to come out too early to sort of, she'll sort of track from the start time 
round about two hours 15 and then it gives the 15 minutes to be there for roughly when I get there, hopefully in two and a half hours. And, and does that sort of thing keep you going in that when you reach mile 10 of a, of, of a half or mile 20 of a marathon because you've done those, we'll get onto this in, in a minute, does, does thinking I'm doing it for this course, for this person, does that help you? Does that give you a bit more mental fortitude? Yeah, yeah that, that gives you the mental strength to grit your teeth when you sort of really feel like, why am I doing this? you sort of think, I know why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for this charity, benefit the charity. And that sort of gives me that pick-me-up and away we go to the finish. But. Yeah. And it hasn't just been half marathons. You've gone on and you've done... How many marathons have you done now, Pete? Uh, I've done three. The first one, which was your Michelle got me into, which was the Peterborough one, that was supposed to be for a training one. And just to see how I liked or whether I liked them or not and we enjoyed that and it was quite good because I had Michelle chewing my ear off for five and a half hours because I wanted to do wanted to do the marathon in a five and a half hours time scale and I was suffering with calf cramps from about sort of five or six miles into a 26 mile run yeah. it's not fun and with Michelle chewing my ears and kicking me backside and pushing me on we actually managed to finish the marathon in five hours, 29 minutes and 56 seconds, which was four seconds under the time I wanted to do, so I can't really complain. <laughs> That's good pacing, though, is it? Yeah, it was good pacing, yes, and it was like having Michelle sort of pushing me and keeping me going, which, like I say, everybody encourages you to keep going. And then you did, um, I don't know if it was your next one, but you've done this little one in, um, in this place, oh, what's it called, uh, London? Oh, yeah, London, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite quite ironic, that one, because it was the last day before the ballot closed for the 2021 London Marathon. And for some unknown reason, because I'd never really been interested in entering it or anything, I thought, oh, no, I'll enter the ballot. I've got no chance of getting in because you hear of people that have been 10, 15, 20 years with even out getting yeah. in through the ballot. So I filled it all in. Sent emailed it off and sat there waiting and waiting, and it comes through and I thought, oh, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so that was like the first shock of actually getting in, and then I had the pleasure of having to tell me wife that I was running the London Marathon because she hadn't even known that I'd entered the ballot. <laughs> How did that go down? Uh, she says, "Really, you're doing that?" I said, yeah, she says, "Oh, yeah, okay." And she was she was fine with that. I mean, she does support me quite well like with giving me the support that I need to go and do the training runs and and get on and get it over and done with sort of thing. Yeah. And did, did you love it? Did you love London? Absolutely amazing. Really, really good. The crowd, I mean, it was like the first one sort of after the COVID scenario and they told all the people around London not to gather on along the course in big groups. And it was absolutely amazing. For the old 26.2 miles, most of it was sort of 20 people deep in crowds, both sides of the road, sort of shouting and cheering you on. And because I always run with my name on my vest, like for the charity, hearing them shout your name absolutely picks you up and carries you over the finish line sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people need to be told that it's a fantastic event, but it, yeah. it, I mean, it just really is. And, and I, I haven't done it, but I've been to support yeah. people doing it. And, and I don't think you can, 
you can see it on the TV, but until you're actually there, you, you don't appreciate it, do you? No, you certainly don't, no. I mean, people had said how good it was, and you're thinking, no, it can't be that good. It's better. When you're actually there and hearing, like I say, all the crowds for the 26.2 miles shouting and cheering you on, absolutely an amazing experience. One that I'm glad I've done. Definitely. Um, not such a great experience. You mentioned the C word a little while ago, and COVID is something which you've, you've kind of suffered with a little bit over the last year or two, isn't it? And it has affected your, your, your running quite a bit, and that's kind of something you're coping with now with your breathing and so on. Do you, do you want to maybe tell people about that, that sort of part of it? Because I think, like, first of all, obviously it's a challenge that you've had to face, but secondly, which we'll go on to, it's not stopped you. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But my job, because like working for National Express and driving people around, I had caught COVID for the first time January last year, and uh, it really sort of got hold of me. I mean, it was that bad, without building it up too much. On the Tuesday, I felt that bad. I really didn't think I was going to see the weekend. I thought, if I go sleep, I'm not going to wake up and that's going to be the end. Yeah. And when they say that the life flashes before you, every time I did shut my eyes, I was getting a vision of when I used to go fishing with my dad when I was five or six years old. And that's all I could see every time I went to sleep, like my childhood sort of flashing between my eyes. And I managed to sort of get rid of that after a week or two. And it took me 10 weeks before I could actually go out and start running again, but by which time it had already damaged my lungs and I was, like, sort of suffering and just had to basically... It was either stop running or try and get myself back into some sort of condition. And with a lot of hard work and what have you, like doing the non-park runs with Michelle and the training and what have you sort of got me back to sort of where I am now. But in June last year, I went at it again, and that knocked me off my feet for about six weeks, eight weeks the second time, and obviously did a bit more damage. Mm. And then I was sort of getting sort of some fitness and breathing back under control, and then having done the Northampton Half Marathon two weeks ago, I then went down with COVID again between sort of the Northampton half marathon and the Leicester half marathon. And that sort of knocked me about again and sort of affected my lungs a bit more. But I just keep gritting my teeth and putting one foot in front of the other. And as long as I'm breathing, I will keep going. Yeah, and we were talking before, weren't we, that that is kind of the thing, that when you when you start motoring a little bit more, the heart rate yeah, goes up. up. And then you can't get the oxygen in to bring your heart rate back down, and the only way to do it is to slow down, yeah. and which means it's not what I want to do. I mean, I, I'm trying to get as close as I can to two hours for half marathon, but at the moment that looks a million miles away, to, basically, and I want to get under an hour for 10K, and... Like I say, we how things are. That ain't going to happen in the near future either. <laughs> but people listening to this shouldn't shouldn't think that you'll be ruling it, and they shouldn't rule it out themselves. Because in the middle of all this um, COVID illness, all this sort of hard times, you went out and you just thought, oh, I'll just go and do my first ultra. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was something different. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I sat at the beginning of the beginning of this year. I thought to myself, I thought, what can I do this year? And I sat down and I looked at a few of the races and events, and I looked at one and I thought, hmm, do I want to do the Milton Keynes Marathon? And I thought, no, I've done three of them because I did. I got in the second time ballot for London in 2022, so I got through twice in two years, which is my look gone for the rest of my <laughs> lifetime, I think, with the London Marathon. And the, so I'd seen the Shires and Spires Ultra Marathon, which like fairly local, and it's nice and hilly, and I thought, that's a challenge. I'll give that a go. It's nice and hilly and how far? It's 35 miles, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's quite good. I mean, the to give you a cut-off of nine hours, I think it is. And I managed to do it in, I think it was about eight hours, 48 or something or other. So, yeah, I was quite happy and achieved it, and I've already entered it for next year, so I shall be out there doing it again next year. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, Michelle and I came down and, um, and, and watched you finish that one, and obviously your wife, Teresa, was there as well, and it was quite a sort of emotional finish wasn't it because by the last couple of miles you were struggling a little bit with your breathing but yeah. you sort of just kept going and getting over that line it must have meant such a lot to you oh yeah yeah I mean I'm a stubborn old bugger <laughs> I will admit I'm a stubborn old bugger but it, I, I don't let things beat me I mean I, I will find a way it's like with my lungs and my breathing at the minute I will find a way around it and I will keep going mm. I just don't like losing full stop yeah uh, good for you and just to finish off Pete, I mean, we've spoken a lot about running and I can sort of, we speak about running a lot, don't we, anyway, yeah, outside yeah. of this podcast, but you, you do absolutely love it. You've really found something that, yeah. that has, has become such an important part of your love, life. What is it apart about running that, that's become so important to you? It's the friendship of all the people that you meet. I mean, you meet people, I mean, there's quite a few people that I met when I did my first couple of half marathons that I've seen maybe once in the last five years or twice maybe but you keep in touch through Strava and all the social media things and that's like say they all support you 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 just sort of make friends and stay friends and it, it, it's just a great atmosphere. I mean, it's like when I did the interview for the brain tumour research that managed to find half a page spreading the Kronenak over the local paper and all over the internet. It's like I says to them, it's one of the only sports that you can participate in where nobody puts you down. If you're struggling, faster runners will come by and say, come on, keep going, you can do this, which is great whereas some of the some things you get like oh get out the way you're holding me up and things like that with running there's none of that at all it's a a slightly different um, way of competition isn't it if you're playing a game of football against someone else and they're better than you they're probably not going to say come on keep going they're going to beat you (laughs) 10-0 in running they're they're going to encourage you (laughs) that's it They, they encourage you to keep going yeah because I find the running it's not a race against everybody else or a battle against anybody else it's a battle internally with myself i mean it's like with the, with the ultra i'd done three half three three marathons and i needed the next step up the ladder and i thought 
finally seen another one because I've done three, so we'll just go for the ultra. And like I say, it's, it really is sort of a challenge within yourself and not against anybody else. Fantastic, Pete. I think that's a really nice place for us to finish. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today on Running Tales podcast. My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to be part of the Running Tales podcast. Thanks again to Pete Vickers for joining us on this week's Running Tales podcast. We really hope you enjoyed Pete's story and that it inspires you to get out running yourself. If you did enjoy it, please give us a positive rating or review wherever you listen to Running Tales. And also, please do check out our Substack, runningtales.substack.com, where we have written versions of this podcast, as well as lots of other news and stories from the running world. Thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again on next week's Running Tales podcast.